Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Today on Not the Pastor, we get to interview our special guest, Mike Schmidt. He is a missionary headed to Brazil who just finished up deputation, and he's going to share with us some of his philosophy and, and some of the lessons that he's learned while on deputation. We broke this conversation up into two parts, so in this part we're going to hear about Mike's call to the field of Brazil and then talk about some of the lessons that he learned about trusting God to find the right partnership with churches. I know that you're going to enjoy this first part of a philosophy of deputation with Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt, thank you so much for being with us today on Not the Pastor. We are excited about this conversation, excited about talking with you. So how about you just start out telling us a little bit about yourself, you know, anything you want to tell us about you, your family, the ministry that you're involved in, uh, just just help our listeners know a little bit more about you. Okay, so how far back should I go here? Um, I was born in 1986. No, I, uh, so basically, <laughs> I went, went to Heartland. And was there for uh, six years because I, I graduated, and then stayed for the the graduate program. After after finishing that, um, went to Topeka, Kansas, and worked for nine just shy of nine years with uh, Jeremiah Metzinger um, on staff as the youth slash assistant <clears throat> slash whatever else <clears throat> ready right. to be done. Hey, I know that position. Uh, pastor. So basically, <laughs> not the pastor. I'm kidding. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh, did that for. For a while, uh, for you know, almost nine years, and really loved that. I I kind of looked at myself, you know, like maybe it'd be like Brother Inman, you know, he's kind of like the iconic second man. And so I was like, yeah, oh. I was like, oh, I love doing that. I like getting things done, and if someone gives me direction, I'll run with it. And uh, and so um, and frankly, for a long time, I didn't want the 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 weight that comes with not having somebody to tell me what to do. And so July 2018, we took a tr- mission trip. To Brazil, and actually, I was just in a missions conference last week, and everyone in the missions conference was called the missions during a missions trip. So that's pretty interesting. I'd never been in a conference before where that had been the case. So we went over there, and then we, I, just felt super imp- impressed. We were supposed to go to Brazil after about five days of being there, and I was shocked. You know, at first, it was really early in the morning. You know, when you're, I was reading and praying before everything got going because we had teenagers with us and so that you know that that's just you have to get like ready for that right for the drama <laughs> yes. and so i was drama. getting spiritually prepared i was going over proverbs i could yell at them just quote at them just no i was just joking but so i was doing all that and then it was just like god's like coming to brazil huh. uh, i was like all right well i'm gonna put out if that's what you want i'm i'm okay with that but I'm not just coming tomorrow. Like I'm going to put out four fleeces. I, was, <laughs> I know my, I know, I know what Gideon did. Right. It didn't work. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to double that. <laughs> so put out, put out four of them. And so I just told the Lord, I was like, okay, if this is what you want, then can you make it clear by, I want to stay on board. You know, I don't want it to come and go. I want my wife to be on board. I want my pastor to be on board. And I, and I want Tom and Cindy Brewer to be on board. And I was like, there's, there's no way that's going to happen. And so three days, well, I'm going to the field, so obviously you know it did. So, right. so three, days, three days later, I uh, I still felt that was what was supposed to happen. And so I talked to my pastor, and he came in the room, and the teens were going out 
swimming. And I said, Hey, can you pray for me? Cause I'm pretty sure that God wants me to come to Brazil. And he's like, and he smiled almost. And he's like, I was thinking the same thing. Oh, there's one like, down. Come on, dude. Yeah. And then he said, and last night, Tom Brewer and I weren't talking when you were at the teens and he asked if you guys could come as well. So uh, I was like, well, down. man, that, that didn't work out well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, then I had mine. So that was three because I still yeah. felt that way. And so at that point, it was a matter of talking to uh, Ashley and we hadn't really got to talk too in depth because the, we took 13 from our church over there. And so we was guys and pretty much guys and girls were separated for a yeah. sleeping accommodation yeah. sake. And so anytime we were together, I couldn't just be like, Hey, we may be leaving the church sometime, but I'm not we're, sure. So yes. we, we had to kind of keep that. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't really get into that kind of conversation until a couple of days later when we went to G Padana where the Sammy Rogers and Nessie Rogers are. And so we got to, we were finally like, we had our own hotel room finally. And all the couples and the teens are right next to us. So we were still, we we're still right there. Um, but we were able to talk. This is a whole other story. I'm not even going to tell you this whole part of the story because I, it, it would be easily be 20 minutes to just go over the, 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 the depth and layers of, of how my wife, how that went. Uh, and so in her defense, I did not, I was not very, aware of this aware of what was going on up until that point and so i just basically i came back at 1 a.m or so that night and she had been stuck in the hotel room because she didn't feel good so she didn't want to go out with us when i went off all the teens and i just came back at 1 a.m she was in a foreign hotel with no cell service because i had the charger in my bag and so she was stuck there oh, for like man. five hours by herself she couldn't she couldn't call home to find out how our kids were doing because our one and a half year old at that point was not eating well and with my mom and it was, oh, she was kept getting bad reports so then i come home i'm like hey you know what do you think if god calls us here <laughs> at 1 a.m yeah <laughs> didn't set her up very well did you so i'm not, I'm not even going to tell you what the answer was but it, but it was like you're crazy yeah and so that's basically the answer yeah. and so i was like well i'm not going to go without you I was like, so that's not gonna work. She did reference W. L. Smith. She's like, he he travels alone. Yeah. Like, well, he's also ninety. Yeah. <laughs> True. So I'm not traveling without you. Yeah. And it was kind of I'm kind of joking, but it was. I mean, it was just pretty raw. Yeah. And like like I said, if you were to if you were to take into consideration all the emotional stuff that had been going on up for that those eight days before that, being in a foreign right. country without your kids that are so young, without mm -hmm. ability to reach out to them. And the dry, crazy driving, uh, yes. weird food, dust, heat. So, yeah, I was just asking for trouble. Anyhow, I just said, well, let's just be surrendered, you know, whatever it is. Because, you know, I don't care how good things are in America. If you you shun the call of God, you're, mm. you're going down. Like, you, you can have the greatest ministry in America. And if God's not in it, it's just it, there's, there's, there's no life to it. Yeah. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Yes, that's good. I became convinced without uh, things were going so well in Topeka that mm. it would just been a, sur a surface well and everything mm. else would have started falling apart. Sure. Yeah. So we took three months to pray about that. I'm not one of those guys that like looks for everything under the rock, like a devil under the rock. But mm. I will tell you that things began happening that were just weird with Brazil. I don't even know if I should go into all the details. I can just touch them real quick. The day after, the day after we got back, because we had a day off. I, I was looking up how to do deputation. 
So mm-hmm. kind of segueing a little bit here. And it was like, okay, one of the, I went on ministry 127. It was like, you should buy a RV things. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's like $40,000 at least. Yeah, I don't know how much they are. I'm just yeah. guesstimating that they're, yeah. Yeah. they're expensive that much. They're buying like a 10 year old one. I don't know. And I'm going to get like eight, eight miles a gallon. And then right. I go to stop every night for, to hook it up. I'm going to have to pay probably hookup fees somewhere. So I'm like, I might as well just get a hotel. That's for some people, but I was like, not for me. But that night was visitation at our church on two, uh, it was a Tuesday and a non-dominational missionary showed up at our church because he had some family member in the church, like there was an uncle or something. And he had an RV and he had all these kids. And I was like, well, that's weird. I've been here nine years and never seen a missionary come through with an RV. Yeah. And then the very day I'm looking it up, it shows up. I was like, so I just took that. I put that in the back of my mind. I was like, that's, that's ironic. Yeah. yeah. The next night, this is Wednesday night, a missionary to Brazil showed up at our church unannounced. He was an older guy. When you, you get authority, you can just do that. When you get over like 70, you can just show up places. Yeah, yeah. And so he just showed up. <laughs> he was like, hey, I'm here to crash your party. And so, and he had been on the field for a number of years. That also helps. But he was going to Brazil. And I was like, well, that's weird. A week or two later, my pastor asked me to to go check on one of our shut-in guys and he would get a ride occasionally to church sometimes he'd ride himself it just depend on, on the day but he, he, no one had heard from him for a while none of his class members that had called him had answered so the pastor i'm sitting there studying the pastor comes in he's like hey can you go check on brother baker and i'm like yeah he's like no, no one's picked up the phone he's been called and called and called he showed up and make sure that he's okay he's alive he's like what if he's not alive he's like well then you call the cops he's like okay okay that's what i'll do so i go down down to his house and I get there and knock on the door and I knocked on the wrong door apparently he said I never answered this door but he was by that door and he answered the door he's like come on in and so he took me up to his room and he was kind of a clutter hoarder kind of guy so it was kind of weird but I went up there and he loves missions he showed me all this mission stuff and he was like hey before you go I want to give you something and he handed me a dvd and he's like uh, be careful if you watch that because you'll probably end up a missionary in Brazil. And I was like, bro, you don't even know. Wow. That's what I already know. I wasn't looking for that. I already gave my four fleeces back back in Brazil. But when I came home and I was like, I didn't talk pressure my wife at all. I was like, look, if God is trying to communicate with us, what else would he do? Right. Like, I don't know what else he would do. I mean, like he, he, he's riding, he's walking right behind me and then, in front of me dropping things and i'm like this is craziness we got counsel we called a couple of different pastors and they're, they're they were they were unanimous you have to be it's, it's your one flesh it's a team thing and i was like i agree but it was just to be honest with you it was hard in one way for me because i i really thought i was for sure we were supposed to go but i felt like i was acquiescing leadership to my wife i was like well i know we're supposed to go but i'm not going to go until you say we can go that's kind of, that's how I felt. That's not how obviously it was going. I was, I was, I was taking a leadership role by letting God work on her, but I still had my mind that I'm, I'm weak. And I'm one of those guys that let my wife lead the ministry. And so I wrestled with that for a while. Um, and so eventually what helped was one of the pe- people we were talking to said to go back through your life and look at how God has intervened and led you in the big moments of life independently and the way that god has revealed his will to me and he's given and he's worked in me is identical and my wife's so is identical not not to each other but in our own selves right 
So, so the mistake is, is thinking that God's will looks the same for everybody. And, and, and further that, that, that the way that God reveals his will to everybody is there the it same. Is. It's not always the same. Yeah. And when we were, I was at Heartland, the biggest hang up that I, and it wasn't the school's fault. It was just, you know, me as an individual person trying to, trying to understand what God wanted for my future. Where am I supposed to go when I graduate was, how do I know? I mean, is it going to look like this brothers or this brothers or this? Because in my wife's mind, going to the mission field, in her mind, it was always, she always heard of it happening this way. You're in a missions conference at your church or you're at home, whatever. And the God puts it on the heart of the husband and the wife separately at the same time. And after times of seeking the Lord, you finally come together randomly and you're like, hey, God's been leaving me. me too. Oh, we're going to go to Brazil. Or you go down to the altar and you, you both independently, you both independently pray at the altar and come back to your seats. And then you sheepishly bring it up. And it's like, wow, we're, we're this has to be of the God. And so it's like, unless it happens that way, then it's not God's will. That was what her hangup was on it. I think it's a pretty common one. And that's why I think that I think it's important to recognize that, that God does have a plan for people but he leads you according to your personality and he leads you according to i mean if you're his child he's going to communicate with you in a way that you know right comparing yourselves among yourselves you're not wise that's good and i think that's in the bible somewhere. Walk, it, it is in corinthians oh, okay. if you can't okay. walk <laughs> with the lord if your walk with the lord isn't strong enough and stable enough that you can have the maturity to recognize it for what it is then you then you won't make it on the on mission field you really won't make it in a really good ministry because you're just going to be you know vacillating a lot it was a crisis moment for us mike thank you for filling us in on sort of your call to missions yeah that was back started like in 2018 Indeed. and here we are now almost to the end of 2020 so obviously there's been a few things that have happened in between namely deputation being one of those and yes. really man i want to hone in and ask you a few questions about that specifically because from what i hear i mean you all just killed it on deputation you, that was something that you just did very well at if you could maybe could you start out just by telling us your philosophy about what the goal of deputation is i came down to to think this way about it i don't know you know right or wrong i don't know if it's right or wrong it's just what i looked at it as i wasn't racing to get to the field i was working to get the right kind of supporters and so whether that took longer here's what i mean by that if you just go anywhere which which i kind of did honestly and so that's why i want to kind of give some context to this some churches aren't as missions friendly or missions minded as others and some have expectations that would be maybe even be conflicting with others churches so it's hard for you to be on the field and, and trying to fulfill multiple multiple obligations. And I'm not saying it's really that way as much anymore as it used to be where the missionary is. Because today it feels like the missionary, like all the pastors recognize, I'm not your authority figure. You don't report to me. It's between you and your pastor, whatever happens, what you do. But there was an era where it wasn't that way from what I've heard. I wasn't just interested in having money uh, coming in. I was also interested in people that would be assets in the future, like people that maybe would have printing ministries or would have connections with media or would have connections with, I, I was with a guy who, who does flights. He's a pilot and he can come into areas and, and cause you never know how God could use those situations um, to add on to your ministry 
to enhance your ministry and add a dimension to it that's there that you would never have seen. For example, we were in a church uh, in, in Iowa and a guy there gave us this device, purifies water 100%. Doesn't change the color of it. You can get out of the river and it's brown, but it will purify it. So these, they'll go into these towns, these villages, they'll set up these water stations and they'll preach about the water of life. Well, now I have a connection with a guy to where I, who knows what could happen. I go to Brazil. He, he sends me 50 of these water devices. I go around the surrounding areas. I establish clean water and then also establish like everlasting rapport because I just saved the village from tons of maladies. And then I have an open door to influence them. And that's what some of these missionaries in Peru are doing. They're going in there. The, the chief of the village is like saying, these are the guys converting to Christianity. And it, it's like, that all happened from being in just in one church. Wow. You know, unassuming. So I began praying, not that I would get to the field fast, but that God would, would give me the right kind of people to partner with. Yeah, I like that. It's good. Now that I've done this for so long, I would say that there's definitely things that you can't manufacture. We can talk about some of these things. And there are some things that will hinder you or help you. Like, for instance, manage your kids. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I've heard some pretty crazy things from pastors about missionaries' kids. Yeah, my kids weren't perfect. They, they messed up and I had to deal with things. But we worked really hard at trying to discipline them and structure them and, and give them instruction ahead of time before we walk into the church and before they you know, start running through the auditorium. So, we, you know, there was times where they did that anyways, and then they got roasted. <laughs> you know, but, but that's a different podcast I, episode I, I was i was yeah i was with a couple of pastors that were like there with guys that just they did nothing they were almost like they completely detached from their kids and let them do they were just engaged in conversation but and it, so that that was good to them but then they also neglected their kids and so they were the kids were just running around going crazy so the guy said I, the pastor said i wanted to support him but i couldn't in a good conscience wow and I don't think that that guy, that missionary, was even aware. Like I think in his mind, he was so sincerely trying to have a conversation, but he all, but so he abdicated his children to the church to take care of for those moments. So obviously that that will hinder you. Being uh, not being on time will hinder you. Not being prepared, having a good video can hinder you. So there are things that are in your control that can influence to a degree deputation, but there are other things that are out of your control and that's been our experience so that if i were to sit here and say okay here's what you do to get to the field this fast i i I would be i'd be an idiot to say that you can delineate this down because there are god things that take place that are unbelievable just stopping in churches randomly and being taken on for support i couldn't tell you hey go to florida at this time Right. Because they're going to drop a couple missionaries to Brazil and they'll take you on just because you're going to Brazil too. Like that happened. So it's right. like, how do you, you can't write about that. It sounds like what you're saying is the take care of the things that you can take care of. Right. Do the things. So have the good video, be a father, yeah. be a parent to do those have, things. That have you're a good supposed website, to do. have a good video, have good, have sharp presentation materials, have some good messages. I have 10 of them that I've worked on uh, on the road so far, and I'm still working on some. Because you don't just have three messages, and and that's kind of the joke I've gotten from pastors. You got your three messages, <laughs> and I'm like, no, because I'm always studying the Word of God, and and when I find one that goes with missions, I will use it. And so now the advantage is I get to put these messages messages in the oven for months sometimes, 
So they're a lot better than they were. The messages that I'm able to produce now, I feel are a lot better than they were when I was producing two a week as a youth pastor. Mm, right. Yeah, Because <laughs> no, sure. sure. I have so much time to let them work through them. That's good. Ultimately, it sounds like what we're saying is that in some of this, like getting getting on the field, some of that is just Jesus doing his work. The way that he does things, he doesn't do it the same for every person. It's not always right. going to work yeah. out exactly yeah. the same. But there are some things that we can do, do what we right. can do well, and then yeah. let Jesus take care of the rest. But Mike, I just wanted to highlight and appreciate the fact that you said, while we're missionaries, obviously interested in the financial side of things. That's the, I mean, that's the base goal, the, the primary reason maybe. But you talked about the fact that coming to churches, you're looking for a partner. You're not looking for somebody who just is going to send you a check, but also yeah. what you're looking for is people that will partner up. And and that's really yeah. what, what we're looking for. That's- now, let me say this, say, say this. I, I, before I went to a church, I didn't put, I didn't give them a questionnaire. Right. Like, do you have anybody in your church who is a money mogul? Do you have anybody right. in your church who has an airplane? Yeah. No, of course. I look at it this way. My prayer has constantly been that God would give us favor in churches mm. and that he would guide us to the churches that he knows we need to be part of. I fundamentally believe that when God calls you, he's already raised your support. You just have to find where it is. Mm. And here's what I think that mindset, at least it did for me. If I got turned down from a church, which happened a lot, or if I went to a church and didn't get taken on, or I called a church and I, it ended up messing up the schedule and I ended up not getting to go, even though like it wasn't my fault type of thing. Then I just took, looked at that as the providence of God that he didn't have that place for us to go. So I didn't have to take it personally. And that's a big thing because in the very beginning, I did take things personally. And that can really get you cynical. And if you have a cynical attitude on the road, it's going to filter into your family and it's you're and you're done. You're you're probably done. And so I had to adopt some some mindsets in the beginning to help me know how to to deal with disappointment and how to deal with dashed expectations. And that was just to recognize that God didn't want us to go there. Because he could have made it happen. And perhaps another missionary needed that support. Not only do I believe that, but I've seen it. I've seen that work out. Proverbs 69, a man deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. I think it's a man's heart deviseth his way. We have to plan because we're stewards. But at the end of the day, God's the one who decides what takes place. He, he And he's made my schedule better than, than I could have imagined. Goes back to that principle. I think that if your heart and your prayer is, that God would lead you to those people, then he's going to answer that. I mean, you're asking for, aren't you? You have that because yeah. you ask not. And so if you can have that as your foundation, that's what I mean by that. I don't mean like you screen churches yourself in, right. in a way. Good clarifying thought. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would appreciate it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. Your rating will help others see this podcast and enjoy it as well. We would also love to hear from you on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. Join us again next week as we finish up our conversation with Mike Schmidt. And until then, we are not the pastor. Pastor.